Hello people, this is Aram. Before we start this week, we have a special shout out to BattleBards. BattleBards does premium fantasy audio for all of your tabletop RPGs, and they have very generously provided their entire sound catalog to us so we can mix in some of their just unbelievable fantasy soundscapes into God's Fall. Weapon sounds, background environments, elven and demon and other languages. Lekena imben teledale. Mortuk ascorecharus. Dwarven chants. Even a halfling campfire sing-along. So if you want to have sound like we have for your tabletop RPG, go to BattleBards.com and check out their Kickstarter. It's going to be amazing. Back to the podcast. Hello, my name is Aram and I am the Dungeon Master for God's Fall, a custom 5th edition Dungeon and Dragons campaign in Washington, D.C. Last week, our players landed in the bluffs and barely managed to elude some Kandarian inquisitors who were hot on Doro's tail. This week, with the help of Phryne's Aunt Rosaya, they all pack up and try and blend in with a caravan heading through the Ironwoods and on to Riverrun, a cosmopolitan city spanning both banks of the flow in the heart of the Ironwood. But first, let's take a look back and see where the players have been so far. Okay, guys, I have to be very serious here now. That ship right there, the Blackwater, that's like the flagship of the Kadarian Empire. There's no way that this boat, the Montgomery, can get out of here with us right now at all. Only if they want an international incident. We're outside the boundaries of the Kadarian Empire. But if this boat left this dock and we were in open waters, we stand no chance. Here's what I think we should do. You two, uh, Zion and Para, are going to be my handmaidens. As the Montgomery docks, the carriage door flings open and Aunt Rosaya comes bounding out. She is dressed in a full red ball gown. She has a tiara on, her hair is up, her makeup is done to the nines, her heels click on the wooden dock as she bounds towards you. Oh, hello, dear, hello, it's been far too long. Look, Dobos, here's the, here's the deal. You see that ship coming? We see it. <laughs> well, if they find me... Your brother and his men cannot set foot aboard this ship. I am not in Kadar. They have no authority here. If you all seek your freedom, head south to River Run. Keep your wits about you while you are there, and do not take one step into that ironwood. The elves do not take kindly to strangers. Okay, so I go in like I belong. Surely you do not wish to sully this establishment with your patronage? If so, I can assure you that's quite impossible. Hey, it works! Look at that! Uh, big cask of ale. Whatever you have. Any particular choice? First thing you grab. Yeah, that's how dwarfs usually are. And he goes sauntering back up. So, this is going on for some time, and they're going back and forth, and Para is just sitting there with his arms crossed, and finally he turns and he's like, ENOUGH! How does this help us? How does this do anything whatsoever? And you just turn and round on him. 
Shut up, Harry. No one likes shit. Doro regrets saving you. Your brother is dead because you're too much of a coward to fight for him. Franny! Just so angry all the time. I can't do anything about it. And for a second, you saw fire glint in his eyes, as if there was a fireplace reflected in it, but there's no open source of flame down here. Oh boy, fire starter. Do we bring it with us? Potentially drawing the attention of the Seeker Stones to us? It's actually irrelevant if we've got the stone. They'll find us anyway. I actually ran into two in the market. So that's the worst of all possible thoughts. That that means, yes, we're all detectable. Roll intelligence. Uh, 20. You know this isn't gonna matter. You know this isn't gonna matter one damn bit because the second you step inside that forest, it's a giant magical forest. They'll never be able to pinpoint you inside it. We have a missing halfling, a passed out dwarf, and an obstreperous urchin. I don't know what that means, but you're a jerk too. Torvik, as you're out, you have a dream that you are lying on the deck of the Montgomery. There's no one else aboard, just you. And you are sailing on a perfectly calm sea right past the large cliffs that surround the bluffs, just as you come around that northern coast. As you look out upon the massive tree line of the Ironwood Forest, a single bluff rises out, and upon that bluff is the wolf. Her coat is glowing in the moonlight, and she lets out a mighty howl that echoes across the bay. As she does so, a tree stands up. Its arms open up, its eyes open up, and you are looking upon this massive tree you have ever heard of. It lets out a tremendous bellow as the wolf howls. It sounds like a hundred tubas echoing at once with a single note. It rolls across the bay and echoes for miles, shaking the entire ironwood forest down to its very roots. After magic was destroyed in the God's War and the weave was shredded, many creatures born of that magic began to die out. Smaller creatures such as fairies and sprites simply vanished in the blink of an eye, while larger ones like treants lost the ability to continue their line and slowly died out. The Ironwood treants were the last to survive, though their king Steelbeard knew their time was soon at an end. In an effort to ensure the forest thrived long after he was gone, Steelbeard cut off his legs and rooted himself into the ground. He then set about fashioning pairs of spears and shields from the wood of his left leg and powerful short bows with the wood of his right, imbuing these arms with the last of his life's essence. He gave the spears and shields to the Talindian Sisterhood, anointing them as the new wards of the Ironwood. The bows he gave to the Brotherhood of the Arrow in Celestia, anointing them as her eyes. Soon after that, Steelbeard simply fell asleep. It is rumored that he still lives. There are wild elves who still pilgrimage to Steelbeard's grove who swear they can hear his voice rattling in the trees as the wind whips through them. Well, I don't necessarily desire an encounter with the wild elves. I desire... They're fine people. And then, oh right, yes, you're all in tune with nature. They'll probably like you. They'll be confused as fuck about him. So you guys uh, wake up in the morning. Your boxes and bags, your many trunks, have already been taken and have been taken to the caravan. Mm -hmm. And uh, Doro's still not here. Everyone up now? Wonderful! And she brings a big silver tray and she plops it down and there's some 
cut meats and breads and cheeses and some champagne. Yeah. Okay, we'll take yeah, it. Yeah, to start yeah. well, ripping flutes of champagne. I grab up a little bit more cheese than I probably should. And put it into my pack, <laughs> uh, uh, just uh, in case. Just, you can never have too much cheese. <laughs> and pear, you know, pear gathers and he's eating now and he seems. You like cheese? I like fucking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all have our things. We have our things. Okay? He likes drinking. Like he likes yeah. stealing. Yeah, 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 we all have our things. We all have our vices. Pear likes to cry, right? Yeah. <laughs> How much do I know about River Run? River Run is the main trade hub for the entire northern peninsula. There's a road that heads north from the bluffs and south from Turtle Bay that both meet at the center kind of island city. It, it spans both banks, but the core of it is in an island on the center. It's probably the most cosmopolitan city in the entire five kingdoms. Elves, dwarves, halflings, humans, all of them kind of live in larger numbers here. Usually you go to any of the cities in the five kingdoms that aren't like a dwarven city or an elven city, and it's like 95% humans. And a big part of that was because after the breaking, I mean, the population devastation was amazing. Millions and millions and millions of humanoids were just wiped out. They've had four generations, almost five now, to add to their line. The elves have barely knocked out one. The dwarves have barely knocked out one. They just simply cannot bounce back as fast as the humans can. It's also going to be the one place in these iron woods that the hand of Brennus is truly felt in this area. In the bluffs and all the outskirt cities, you're definitely going to see their presence. But for the most point, the kingdom has abdicated this area to the wild elves. There was some struggle early on. The wild elves clearly marked this as their territory, and the kingdom has never officially gone back in those woods. Anyone is allowed in this city. There are no restrictions as far as who can visit and who can do trade there. The only real rule is that when you're traveling to River Run, you stick to that road. You take a step off it, and the wild elves will be upon you. How long is the journey to River Run? How, or how fast is the caravan moving? It's uh, about 20 The caravan miles. basically moves at walking speed. Okay, the walking speed is three miles an hour. If they were to hustle, they go six miles an hour, which they will not be doing. And uh, they can travel 24 miles in a day. So, it is a day's it's journey. It's a day's journey to yeah. River Run. You are all gaining uh, leather armor. It weighs 10 pounds. It reduces. I know, right? Oh. Crumples to the floor. <laughs> and your armor class is now 11 plus your dexterity modifier. So, 11, yay! Up Mine around is 18. Mine is 1. Excellent. So, that makes me 12. 12, correct. So, you guys are all let out the back. You find your way into the alley and you head back up towards the east gate. I want perception rolls. 17 plus 3 yeah, is 20. Because I got eight. Okay, eight. as you guys make it through the alley, at one point, Franny's arm just kind of shoots out for a second. You all look startled. She points about 20 yards that way, straight towards the center. There's some people, there's those same two I'm still inquisitors. Walking, I'm in front, so. Oh, yeah. so oh I reached out and grabbed. Okay. Your, yeah, by the. No, no, no. And so they're like talking to a few people and one of them has a piece of paper that she's showing to people as she's talking to them and they're just shaking their heads and, and they're going on. So it looks like they have a picture maybe or a drawing that they're showing around, but they're working their way back south, which is the opposite of where you're going. So if you keep going around this way, you should just miss them entirely. Uh, you keep making your way towards the wagon? Yes. All right. I was hoping to see which one of us was or what was portrayed on the piece of paper. Yeah, that'd but... be nice, but... 
It'd be, risk, it'd be risky Adora, to circle back. If we don't Dora were here, yeah. 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 it's probably Dora. Dora. It's me. Yeah. It's, it's um, got to be me. He's the only one they've seen. Ray, another right. one. You guys, <laughs> as far as we know, you well. guys make it to the wagon without being spotted by them, and you don't see any other uh, Kadari guards again as you walk up. Doro, what are you doing? Uh, I'm keeping an eye out for both them and those two people that showed up at the end. Spot checks, please. I want two. Perception. Perception. Thank you. Perception checks. Uh, nine. Okay, uh, you know what? You are distracted, and you really don't spot them until they're up upon you. And, like, oh, oh, and you oh. guys run into each other. <laughs> oh, there's Doro. Oh, finally. I told you we'd find them. I was watching your things. <laughs> Everybody yeah. check your pat, things. Grab <laughs> him and pat him down. <laughs> Case, then I'll grab the leather armor out and start to try to put it on. Okay. It's like a 30 second thing. It's like, well, oh, wait, no, 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 no. You know team. how to do this. Actually, sure. you are surprised. He just straps, straps, straps. He's got this. He's, He's clearly worn armor. armor before. Yeah. Also, what have I? I've had weapons, elven weapons training. Yeah, familiar with armor, are you? Not well, really. My family, yes. Because why would you have had weapons training? Right. Because you learn how to fence at court. Yes. Yes, you would have. So you would, you know, you've never really worn this type of armor, so it's a little tricky. But you have learned how to fence at court. That's exactly what you've done. Yeah. I can't wait to role play that. That's gonna be amazing. Um, you learn how to fence, and you learn how to, sh you know, shoot. Oh, and your crossbows too. Yeah. Yes, fair enough. These are just you know outdoor lawn activities. In fact, actually, it is kind of an it is kind of a, lawn an. Do you guys? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> you played lawn darts. A big one. Yes, a very very a big large one. one. It's today. a very large yacht. They have people to fetch the bolts after she oh um, um, fires. Now, cool. it was amusing because, of course, as an elf, they were they tried to, to teach you how to use a bow, and you found it exhausting. And so you just picked <laughs> up a hand, a crossbow, and like, no, this will be fine. Bing, and that's what you've been using. Isn't that perfect? Exhausting. Isn't that perfect? Oh, oh my. I know, the wild elves are going to love her. <laughs> so. I'm going to be the one to talk for us. <laughs> oh, yes, without question. All right, so the, um, the, car the caravan is getting ready. Horses are being, you know, brushed down and loaded up, and they're getting ready to kind of assemble into a line. <laughs> I'm searching for what uh, the, the aunt has given me. She said that there was something waiting for me. There is, in the back, it's a small keg, right? But there is a keg of elven ale. From Ani, the iron bands around it have been dressed up with silver. There's etching and burning to get logos and flames that meet as a silver I dragon on the roof of it. You know what that is. You know exactly. It's what like it is. in Zelda when you open a chest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So did everybody get a present? Ah, uh, check your bag. Um, except for Doro. But maybe he gets nothing. Oh no, none for me either. Too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's actually. No, I didn't mean check it by rolling a die. I mean, look at it. But oh. <laughs> no, there's. I mean, she gave you hundred gold. You can assume. No, I was, just, but I, I was wondering if if Doro and Para have Doro and Para. You should check your things and see if you have any gifts. There's uh, meats and cheeses and sandwiches. Cheese. Like basically, you all now have rations, very nice rations for about two days. So two days worth of good rations. Well, three in my case, no because food, I took a lot of cheese. Three you did, in your you case. Did, you did. Technically, if it's cheese, yep. it might be four. Three in your case, because you are the ant at an Applebee's just throwing the free bread into her purse. <laughs> oh 
All right, so you guys are on the caravan. Caravan is starting off is about 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. They have to begin early because it takes them a full day to get there, and, and night's going to be falling by the time they all arrive. All right, and I have also just, again, distributed my cloaks and put on my own, and so we're all, you know, bundled. Hoods up, yeah. armor on, being it's careful. It's a little long on all of you, but... Um, <laughs> I want perception rolls as you guys head out. 18 plus Two. three, 21. One. I am enthralled by the one's back. Ones are back. All right, you couldn't be bothered. You're still nursing another hangover. As the caravan is pulling out, you're looking back towards the city as it's going. And you can see one of the, the guy, not the woman, but the guy that was with them. And he's kind one of, of the inquisitors. Yeah, like, like on a wall, kind of looking over and watching the, the caravan leave. He's far away, so you nothing's letting up on his, on his throat, but he has at least seen the caravan leave. Okay, good. Well, let's head in that direction, away from him. I'm assuming there's, there's nothing you're going to try and do at the moment? Walk. Okay. We'll maybe, maybe talk to Pierre about on the road. Like, sure. So last night, when... How much do you remember when you suddenly erupted into a ball of light? Do you happen to remember that at all? And this kind of looks down and says, I don't know. You were getting very agitated, which I understand. It happened before. It happened when they put me in that room and I was scared. I didn't know what to do. And then it was just so bright and I passed out and I, I don't know. When they took you, was there... He, he steals himself. He he know, he like sees you guys looking at him as he starts to cry. Oh. And he kind of like steals himself and he just, you know, kind of fights back tears. When they took you, did they hold up a stone to you or anything? How did they know to take you? I don't know. I didn't see them come. They just took the boat. They were just there. And they killed him. We'll, we'll take care of them. It's going to happen. Just, we have to find the right target. And we'll get them all. As you approach the Ironwood, it takes about two hours to reach the edge of the Ironwood. And you can see them the second you head off. As much as you've been told about these, these are still gargantuan structures of types you have never seen before. They just tower over you and make you feel more insignificant than you ever have. As you're approaching the woods... I don't feel woods, particularly insignificant. No, you're like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> yes, yes. I feel like I, I mean, would be they're, they're drawn, lovely. They're lovely trees. Drawn to the edge of the road. I perhaps feel some, even for me, ugh, nature. Some lingering connection, right. absolutely. But I don't, absolutely. Feel, I don't feel diminished. I feel like I would have a really, like, in awe of this. You are in awe. In addition to it, you feel drawn in by it, as if it has a force on you, as if you are magnetic all So I'm kind of like walking along and, and slowly, like every other step is like to the left, and slowly just walking closer and closer to the edge of the road. Excellent. Okay, as you're walking near, you, so you, are, you guys are walking down this way, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say that you're about an hour in, and Torvik An is, hour into the, so three hours out of the bluffs. Exactly. So Torvik is like right up against the trees, and he's been looking, and he's been looking, and you guys get to about here, and you see the wolf. Hundred yards in, as clear as day, you basically just walk past a tree, and she's just standing there looking I, right I at you. I kind of smile, because it's almost like a comforting... Yeah, a comforting visage of something that I've, I haven't seen in a while. And it's like, all right. All right. And, she, and she almost nods at you. And then she just slinks back slowly deeper into the forest. And I kind of, not knowingly, kind of take a step actually into the forest. Perception rolls for the rest of you. Mm -hmm. 13. 12. 21. You and Para 
park up and Parrot looks at you and he's like, where's he going? And I'm just kind of meandering, still trying to keep my way in the wood, in, on the path. Sure. But, but like, getting starting really to weave in the yeah. like, Throw a rock at him. <laughs> Roll to hit. What am I doing? 14 and... 14 five. and your dex. Uh, 17. 17. 17 hits your AC? Uh, no, 18. 18. All right, so tunk and just like no damage, but like something hits your helmet. But I, and I kind of look and just, whatever, and just keep, just go Is by my way. Like, he almost doesn't see you. Like, he looks right through you. Like, he's just somewhere else. Nah. Torvik! That, you would probably hear. So uh, roll, an, roll an intelligence sprawl. Uh, but you've called attention to him now, so now you guys are looking over as well. Um, and I say, while going over to him, he's not supposed to do that! Pointing um, to the boundary, because I know that. Yes, you do. Because because people you, me. Yes, you, you do. learned it. Yeah, so is anyone close enough to, again, sort of... You are now him? close enough now to grab him. They're All right, so... Grab and then him I up. run up and I grab at him as well. You okay. you just you you what, what, snap what, out of it and you look back what, what, and the wolf is gone. What was going uh, on? You were wandering into the woods. Uh, I saw. I saw. Remember what I told you about the wolf? Yes. Yeah. I just saw him again and I was went into my the zone I'd like to call it and just kept walking toward it. Sorry, what's so wrong? I'm just trying to walk in the woods. I'm still. Maybe you should follow it then. Well, I, well it, uh, that's, let's, let's just... The caravan is slowly pulling away. Okay. You could just like take a step here and be completely behind this trick and vanish from their line of sight. Okay, well, I would this like... This isn't part of the plan. Though. No, this is not part of the plan, but I think... I've been following this wolf now for how long? How? This has been months you've been following I've been this following wolf. the same wolf for a month now. And it was and, the wolf... And, and it's led me to you fine folk, so I... I Do you I, get the impression she wants you to follow her now? Absolutely. Every time I see her, it feels like I should flee follow. I her. secure my dagger. All right. I'm with you. All right. I want to sort of grab essentials. It's off the wagon. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Because all of your stuff that all you're right, guys, carrying is on the wagon. So obviously, I mean, this is, which is pulling some away. sort of magical wolf. We mark, can I take something like a rock, something to mark the exact spot? Absolutely. All right. So I, we're going to mark. Fact perception rolls. You find a stone, as a dwarf, there's a old, really heavy covered moss stone marker with some elven writing on it and what looks like maybe the remnants of a trail. Yeah. You can read it. Anyone else can read Elvish? I can, yeah, I speak Elvish. Oh, so you can both read it. So yeah. you're like, there's a, there's a stone, you read the I marker would, and it's... Better time to it's be able to show the Elvin, It's a very old <laughs> elven language. It's the, you know, but it, it's, it's more the wood elves to an older kind of pictograph almost language and it pictures a very large tree and small elves around it and flowers around them. You can assume this is Steelberg's birds. I was going to say, is that, is that very similar to what okay. you saw? This is, a, this is the Beard. tree that I, I saw in my dreams. I Steel Bird. Steel Beards Grove. Okay. Thank Steel you. Grove. All right, so let's mark this spot. We can't just wander into the woods with everything we have. On Why that not? wagon. What else do you exactly. need, Lass? Everything you have. We're uh, ready to we're go. We're ready to go, Lass. That is a good point. You're really the only one that has anything on those wagons at this point. It's just trunks full of your nice clothing and stuff. I mean, nice if you want to leave your ale and cheese behind. That's true. That's <laughs> uh, well. Gotcha there. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I, pour, I pour one and, glass, and, like one more just giant, like, warm um, of ale. Grab all my, you know, war gear. Yeah, I mean, you guys can walk up to the wagon at any time and take things out of it. No one's, no one's going to bat an eye. Right, but it's you know at some point the caravan's gonna outstrip us. It's so. about maybe a hundred feet from you now. Right, yeah. so go through. I mean, money, 
papers, pouches, um, all Those are on your adult weapons. Yeah. Yep. Um, your weapons, your armor, everything that you basically It's just and your, your frivolities. I'm yeah. assuming you're all taking the two like days that. worth of rations as well. Correct? Yeah, rations and, you know, shoving, like, shoving a couple of changes of clothes. You got the nice dress. Yeah. Like, it's a little heavier than I might like. But, I mean, rolling and shoving, so. Fair enough. I have some things. Fair enough. And my herbs. Yeah. Your pack is heavier than you are used to carrying. Yes, it is. It is an annoyance, but you're still able. It's not that, it's not that much. Normally, I wouldn't say we should traipse into these woods, but this wolf brought us all together, and it must be for a reason. I don't know. I think we should follow it. Yeah, as much as I don't like traveling so light, I, I, it seems... We'll find you some nice wood elf stuff. Come on, let's go. All right, can you carry this for me too? It's like, put it in the pack. (laughs) (laughs) While you're up. While you're up. (laughs) While you're up. So you guys head off along this trail and into the woods. All right, so you guys are going on for about an hour. You come around a bend, and I need perception rolls. Well, apparently the wood elves are not all that on the spot. We were told they would shoot us right <laughs> inside. I know, right? Why are we 15. Fine. 15 plus 16. 17. You all succeed just fine. You come around a bend, and bam, 20 feet from you is a black bear. <laughs> Okay, you can see that it's been wounded. There's a gash on its left arm. And it is not looking happy to see any of you. I need initiative. Doro, you go first. Uh, Doro vanishes from sight. Fuck this! 22. You guys are well focused on this bear and Doro just steps into the woods behind you and vanishes. The next person to act is the, is Para, actually. Para is frightened, and Para is stumbling backwards, right? And as he does so, you see his eyes flame up again. Correct. No one knows any magic yet. No, Kate. Oh, except uh, for Kate knows. I know vicious mockery. She does know vicious mockery. Which does not. You're a terrible bear. I've seen far better bears. (laughs) (laughs) The first. He's He's already been in a fight. Maybe his ego's already crippled a little. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he'll just limp away. Like you guys are jerks. What kind of bear loses a fight? So it charges you. Charges me. Yeah, it definitely charges you. And you kind of move backwards, but it its leg caves in as it goes to bite you. Boom! It just hits its face on the ground. And it sees you. Like you feel like it knows you. Roll a charisma roll. Crawling slowly towards him with his head kind of leaned down and his eyes kind of open and clear. Okay. Um, is it... I mean, I at this point... Doesn't make sense for me to really interfere with this process. Um, can I? It like, seems to have gone from threatening to non-threatening. Right. We can assume we're out of initiative can for I, a second. Oh, because yeah. it's totally just gonna sneak up behind us. Stay out, stay out. We're all like, we're all like, oh, the bear, it's okay. I got it, I got it. Jordan jumps out of the bushes. Yeah! Rambo's the shit out of it. Blood flying everywhere. Bear! <laughs> I did it! I killed it, everyone! <laughs> what are you doing? No, I just... Okay, you know, that that, that right. would have been better, right. but... So you're just admiring. So I, the bear I put, just kind of lifts up. I put up. everything away. And he just, just kind of, of plunks his giant-ass head right on top of you, almost like knocking you down and into your lap. So I kind of reach out and just kind of attempt oh. to... Perception rolls from everyone. About, I'd say, 40 feet behind him is a wild elf with a bow raised pointing directly at you. 
You need to leave, my friend. You are not welcome here. I put my hand up and say an L. Bing! What is your AC? 18. It goes, it sails directly in between your fingers and just nicks the top of your hand, sailing right past your face. He has another one loaded. It doesn't even, you didn't even see it come out. It happened so fast, it was just there. Again, my friend, no discussion. You need to leave. Roll a constitution save. Did I see where that arrow went? Yeah. Uh, 13. Okay, you are starting to feel drowsy. And you kind of see- I him, didn't even take him, what she gave me he's got, time. He, you know, he, he, he just kind of <laughs> stumbles and the bear, right? And just and starts growling towards the elf. Zion, act first. Oh no! <laughs> Zion me. takes the lead and assumes oh, leadership role. No, I freak out and uh, let's see. Uh, there's nothing I can do. This is so awful. Um, I am going to stand there with my hands up. Okay, like whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want to fight. Okay, yeah. elf. Well, bing, and he fires an arrow at you. All right, him. And does, does the elf notice the bear is getting pretty pissed at him? Uh, he doesn't seem to be paying attention, actually, okay. no. So does a 14 hit you? Uh, I'm sure it does, yeah. All right, you get nicked by an arrow. Same kind of thing, just glides past you and takes... He's not shooting a kill, apparently. Um, it is now the bear's turn. And he starts lumbering through the woods, kind of crashing past a tree and ripping off a branch with him as he's going for the elf. I look to the elf and say, please, we're friends. He steps back and kind of lowers his bow turns towards the trees above him and calls out. As he does so, you hear a rustle in the trees above you and a second elf drops straight to the ground, slamming an ironwood tower shield down straight in front of the first elf. Her head is shaved along the sides and jagged lightning-like tattoos ring her skull. She stands, putting herself between you and the other elf, and as she does so, her shield shrinks down to a normal-sized shield still made out of ironwood on her arm as she glares towards your party. He doesn't look very elvy to me. Because he's wearing a bone mask. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> it is kind of frightening, actually. She nods, and she kind of looks to the to her brother, and her brother kind of nods. So I turn to you and say, give me what you have, the, the salves. Oh, the, the, okay, so. Something for healing. And that is, which is fine, I'm, I'm fine with that being my action. Um, the bear kind of turns, um, kind of lumbering back towards you now. So okay. I, um, I quickly drop to my knees where I've dropped my pack to get the herbs, also create a lower profile for myself, what with the arrows flying <laughs> around everywhere. Fair enough. Um, and I hand off to you the sows. So I grab them and I start walking to the bear. I don't have proficiency in medicine. Does anybody else? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, plus one. Where does... Where I else? do, says the woman. I have I plus two. Oh, you can help as, as, as well. The, the woman walks over and she's like, I can help you. Okay. And she kind of is like being a lot more careful than you are around the bear. You know, you're just like, hey, the bear. Well, the bear's bear, like licking my face. Yes, exactly. Um, and, I, and I, you know, I, I give her the salves, and I go up to the bear, and I just start petting him, and just. And she's like gently going along with him. You have a way with animals, dwarf. I always have. An affinity, one might say. And she kind of leans back and just observes what's going on, and looks at her brother, and they whisper to each other. And then Elvin, uh, can I get perception rolls from you too, because you can speak, Elvin? Uh, Eighteen. Mm -hmm. I can't see. Oh, that's a nasty 
four. You're just you're you're a little freaked out. This is all a little bit more than you were anticipating for this walk in the woods. You hear the one a brother whisper, "We should take it a Haggant," and she says, "No, outsiders are not allowed. We must take them to Haggant." The one just sighs and kind of walks away, and she and he is like, "Would you come with us? There is someone I believe you should talk to." I'm in happily. All right, so helps you gather up your, your things. Will she, there be cheese? She, <laughs> we're not really cheese eaters. More vegetarians. Ugh. We don't really have cattle. It's time mm. to ration. <laughs> <laughs> I come out from behind a stop. Like, he, was, he was 10 feet away. <laughs> he basically sidesteps from a stop high. Uh, where, where, where are you taking us? I am taking you to one of our elders. She will want to speak with you. I just asked. Will the, is the bear gonna be okay? Is that, did you, is, is everything okay with the bear? Is the bear fine? The, well, he, he turns to his sister, he introduces her as his sister, okay? And yeah. she's like, bear will be fine. Bear's a tough. All right. All right so Shouldn't speak a lot. Adamil, however, does like to talk. He's rather chatty, in fact. Oh, chatty. So, you surely have been warned to not step foot in our woods. You must have been looking for something very important. Do I hear the conversation? He's, 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 he's talking to all of you. Just following our destiny. Hmm. Perhaps this one has a thing for bears. <laughs> so, he he wanted to help your wounded forest companion. That is kind. I was wolf. following. Uh, you must know I was following a wolf. Okay. He seems to he seems to accept that happily. All right, come with us. And he has walked for several more hours. It is getting to be dark. By the time uh, he stops you all, mm-hmm. says, you can go no, f- no farther without being blindfolded. I am sorry. He said you all put your hands on each other's shoulders, and then he's leading the one really? in front. And that's how, how you guys... How that work? Except for you, of course. And his, uh, the other elf is actually... my shoulders and I'm... <laughs> Would you like yeah, to? Like, Perfect. Riding him like Perfect. Master Blaster. Who runs Barter Town? We run Barter Town! So there's a dwarf halfling tower thing. There's a dwarfling. Right, there's a, there's a and there's the human and an elf being, and para being led with his one good arm. So the broken yeah. arm's here. Feels like a Power Ranger. All being led yeah. into this force. You are you are led for about an hour longer, and then he turns and he takes off your blindfolds one by one. As Adamil removes your blindfolds, you are looking upon a series of wooden platforms in the trees about a hundred, maybe 200 yards above you. There are interconnected bridges and platforms that would look like a series of huts kind of layered on top of each other, all in this dark green ironwood. Adamil calls to the tree line above and a series of ropes are lowered down that each end in a single loop. He takes one of the loops and he puts his foot into it and he gestures for you all to do the same. I would hold tightly. He does one tug on it and he is shot upwards. Okay. And <laughs> I start laughing. <laughs> my turn. Okay, so the, the I'm other jump at the road. The I, other two. I'd like to do this. Down. I'd like to do this with a little flare. Okay. Um, oh, you right. know, just well, about, I mean, well, fully secure. Maybe both, but you know, yeah. kick a foot. Performance. Yeah, just a little. Oh, for me. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. Watch me fall off the rope with my dad. 18! Plus, so she walks plus up, three, 21. puts a foot in, leans out, and was like, see you at the top. Boom! <laughs> and take it off with her, just kind of gliding upwards. You guys are brought to the very, very top. 
to a platform over here, a small a platform where other wild elves are there. Whatever elven version of what the fuck, that's what they're saying to each other. It's okay, we have to take them to see Haggit. And they just kind of like, they are not sure about this, but they nod and they let you guys go. You are walked along this wooden bridge. As you are, there are other wild elves that are looking around and peeking out and you can see them talking to each other and pointing. And you're brought towards the middle and inside. And there's an open wide area with a single column to where the roof is open and a small fire burning in the center. It's warm, it's heavily scented with perf with like honeysuckle, some kind of perfume, and comforting. There's blankets, there's some elven wine. No, actually, there, there would not be wine. There's just water. There are pictures of water. Excellent. Just what I like. So, <laughs> so. I don't know, this looks like it might be extra good water and therefore decadent. <laughs> so, Ademiel sits with you and nods towards the entrance where his, where his sister has uh, caught up and she nods and closes the flaps and heads off. A few minutes later, a very old elf comes in. Like, she's already lost a couple inches in height. She's kind of stooped over. She has an ironwood cane that she walks with. And clearly, not the best vision. Halfling, I have not seen one of you in a while. What is your name, child? I'm Doro Knot! And I hold out my hand. And she takes your hand and she pats it and then she pats you on the head. I like this, Doro. Hold on, hold yeah, on. Wait, where, no, wait, where are you going? 20. I mean, she got nothing. She got no ring. She, she's basically wearing a older cloak and she's got a ironwood staff that she's using to lean on. There's literally <laughs> nothing. There's no adornment, nothing. Do I, I know? Guess do I, will I notice this? Cocaine. Roll for roll perception. <laughs> Seven. Uh, I wanted Not to, against I this. Wanted, I wanted to give her the shins. So, she turns back to you. So, my dears, why are you in our forest? I don't know that we're hmm. entirely sure of that ourselves. She kind of takes a seat here. I was led by a wolf. You were led by a wolf, my dear. Yes, ma'am. Who, what wolf led you to our forest? There's been a wolf in my visage um, every day for the past, for how no, who knows how long. Um, just on the arc of my vision every time, uh, and she led us to you. And you describe what the, the wolf looks white, like? Yeah, a white dire wolf. How she guided you to us, and for what purpose? I couldn't tell you. All I know is that strange things happen. I don't know. What strange things happen? And you guys just tell her everything? Uh, what, are you, what are you willing I mean, to tell I her right would, now? I, would, I, hold I out, think she I most likely has more answers than anybody well, else. I hold out the tooth, and I say, this was given to me. And she puts her hand over it and she closes her eyes for a second and you swear you can see the tree and branches kind of slide towards her ever so slightly and you definitely hear a howl. This is an object of great power that I have never seen before. And she begins to trace a symbol through the air, one single line down and then a counterclockwise circle to the end of it. And as she completes that circle, her eyes flare. And she just kind of glides her eyes over all of you and then comes back to you. Me. What is that in your bag, dear? 20. She just cast a detect magic. She should not have been able to do that. <laughs> but she just cast a spell right in front of all of you. Heretic. Kill her! Turn me into a newt. I get out and uh, show her the jewel. 
And she like went to go to the she reached back. It's like the eye of saw. You have the eye of saw. So it would seem what is the eye of saw? Or the is that something of, I would know? The, yeah, once you well, you don't know what the eye of saw is, but you know who saw was. Saw was the god of the astral plane. Okay. So and she be, and Thea then explains that this is an object that I have only heard of in tale, but it is said to have belonged to the god of the astral plane. How did you come across it? We all look toward Doro. Yeah, everyone just looks at Doro. I found it. <laughs> Where, my child, did you find such a thing? Port Bliss. What happened when you found it? What happened when I found it? What happened when you touched it? You don't see it now? She hasn't touched it. Oh. She went to touch it and put oh. her hand back. Oh, I thought she grabbed it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've, just she did opened, not. I've just opened the yeah, box. She was like, and then she recognized what it is, and she did not touch it. Why don't you touch it? When you are in the astral plane, in addition to being able to see in it, you can be seen. You are like a beacon upon it. If any others are in there, they will see you, child. Do not mess around so lightly with such a place. So it's like when you put on the one ring. You're there, 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 exactly, yeah. Well, I doubt very, very seriously that very many people can be there anyway. How many of these sort of devices could possibly exist around? There should not be many, though there are creatures who live there. And you should be wary of them as well. Creatures who live in the astral plane? Yes. Um, so two questions. Uh, one, what are the other objects of which you've heard tale? There would be other magical items that could get people into the astral realm. There were spells where people could enter the astral realm. Back before the breaking of the world, interaction with the astral realm and magic users was relatively common, to the point where they would actually sometimes pull magical beasts out of it or use it to travel through. Most of the teleportation magic and sending magic and message magic work through this plane that basically short-cutted where they were to where they wanted to be. It's one of the reasons why, why when you are in it, you seem to be able to see further. And if you concentrate, you can see further and further because it shortcuts that physical distance. Like a tesseract. Basically, yes. And I ask her about, can you tell me more about the wolf? I mean, it's, it's obviously chosen me for some sort of reason. Can you tell me why? She lives only to guard these forests. If she has chosen you, then she must believe you are a guardian as well. Will you stay here with us for a few days? Well, it seems to I be mean, the alternative. If there's no reason for us to leave more quickly. Many, many years ago, before the breaking of the world, an old one came to me, older than I, and told me that there would be a great cataclysm to come. That afterwards I would be tempted to cast my spells, but I was told not to, and I still have them. I can show you things. I can teach you if you will learn. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds great. You build magic? Take them here. I will meet this one in the morning. And she points towards Dora. All right, so she takes you to a, another room that has a door that you can lock as opposed to this, this one. And there are a couple hammocks. Mm -hmm. You know, you know it's, they kind of rough it. Wild else, right? Mm -hmm. And there are no <laughs> trunks. There's no... There are wild ones. There are no trunks. The doors have no locks. The thread count on these right. sheets. Uh, there, are, Sub there are no sheets. There is a hammock. Uh, and there are no blankets. No, there are, there are there pillows. There are no places to lock up is anything. Is there like a big leaf? No, are there locks? No. No, no. There are no... I mean, they don't sleep. So there are like places for them to sit. There's really no way to lay down except for a couple hammocks that they clearly strung up last minute because they've got non-elf guests. Hmm, must be hard on the back. <laughs> Says the 16-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs>
That's walk- how you know you're old is when your third thought is, oh, God, so, back problems. Yeah. As you guys are, I assume, setting up for the evening, you hear yelling. I just burst through the door and just kind of run toward the sound. Armed for combat! <laughs> okay. You fling open the door and immediately hit a landing. As your hands hit the railing, looking down about 100 yards below and to the left of you, you see about a dozen elves on one side of an argument and Ademiel and his sisters on the other side, and they're being held apart by a couple other elves. The larger group of elves yelling at Ademiel and his sisters are basically in elven, shouting things like, they can't be taught, they don't belong here, we can't share their secrets, and you hear the words awakened ones repeated over and over again. On the other side, Ademiel is trying to calm everyone down. We have to listen to Hagent, we have to trust what she will say. If she believes they must be taught, then they must be taught. We must Listen to Haggit. You have a problem with what she is saying? Go to the council. Get their authority. Come back here. But you do not have the right to speak out against her. So about six elves leave. They go to the edges, they get on their ropes, and they've sunk back down to the forest floor. Uh, vigilante justice might be coming our way. As you, as you kind of like make your way down towards him, Aramil's making his way back up, and he finds you, and he's like, tell your friends whatever they have to learn, learn it quickly. And then he just storms off. In the morning, right in the morning, Aramil's at your at, at your door at like about four a.m. I would have been sleeping. I'm still asleep. Okay. I'm uncomfortably awake. Yeah. Right, he I comes sleep in. like a college student. He kind of shakes you. Tell you what. What? What? Yes. What? Here I am. No, I didn't take it. They took it. Where am I? Tell you what. It is time for your training. Uh, why, mate? Why? Come with me. And I, without putting on armor or any of my other stuff, yeah. I don't have it. I just left it all there. I'm like in my sleeping gown thing, probably uh, whatever that is left. Just I just, all my up. hair is totally like that type of thing. It's doing that how you sleep on it on one end thing. And uh, I kind of waddle out there. I don't know what's going on. Where am I again? You are on, a, he has brought you to a higher a platform with no railing on this one. So it's just a wide open platform. And he kind of walks you near to the edge of it. And he was like, wait here. And he leaves. And a second later, from the back, he just kind of comes shambling up. And she has a big basket with her. And the basket is filled with what looks like fruit. The god of, of travel had many abilities. We need to find them within you. She picks up a tomato yes, and wings it at you. <laughs> what is your AC? Uh, 14. Are you only dodging? Yeah. Okay. That means that she does this at disadvantage. Unless, how hungry am I? <laughs> if I didn't have breakfast, yeah. I might actually try and get it in my mouth. Roll to catch. catch I, it. I want a dex, yeah. 13. Okay, well you get, it, you get it in your mouth, but you don't catch it. It's like poof, and just like hits you in the face. Like, what? And then she's getting ready to wind up with another one. You giggle? Okay, excellent. <laughs> what do you do? Roll she's she's going to keep winging tomatoes at you. While I'm eating it, now now she gets my dodge modifier. Yep. A natural 20. She cracks you in the side of the face, and you stumble near the edge for a second. I need a deck save. 20. All right. You, you kind of catch yourself, and she's just winging them at you now. She's coming towards you, and just wing, ving, ving. What do you keep doing? Just keep dodging? dodging. All right. Most of them miss you. Like, you know, one kind of hits you, pff, like, 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 hey, hey! And she kind of, she's out of tomatoes, so she drops her basket and she's like, 
I've never teleported, so I'm not sure what I'm doing here. And she just kind of walks up and she puts her hand kind of like down and around your shoulder. And she's like, Doro, I want you to look out upon those trees. I want you to take a really good look out because the answers that you'll seek, and she just shoves you right off the edge. I need a will, uh, sorry, wisdom save from you. Oh, 17. Okay. You see Doro mm -hmm. fall about three feet and vanish and appear back up on the platform and just collapse down. Sort of like how he appeared out of the air by the exactly ship. Exactly how he appeared out of the air on the ship. As far as game mechanics, this is what's happening. At will, Doro, you can now blink. Okay, so every time you want to blink, you roll a 20-sided die. 1 to 10 means you failed. You can't do it. 11 to 20, though, means you can blink and you can move your movement. So 25 feet in any direction into any open space, you can disappear from where you are and appear there. So you could also dash. You could disappear here and reappear here and you could move 50 feet as long as you didn't then also take an action. And that is how your superpower, or as we're calling them in this game, your divinity works. At least that's how it works now. As you get more powerful, it will get more powerful and will reveal those you know, levels of power and different abilities as we go on. But you said I did that. You did that. I can't. I'm not magic. You are magic, child. I didn't touch the gem that long. I don't even have it now. How you could I have done this? For magic from the moment you were born, you have a connection. You have a tether that you cannot undo now. It is your choice what you do with this power, but this power is yours. So, and I, I look over the edge. So I just have to like fall off something? You do not have to fall. Look there. Want, look to be, there. want to be there. And I want to be over there. Roll a 20. So, so you just, pop anyway, and sorry. boom, you're, you're right where she was pointing at. Pop, pop, right there. spends the rest of the day practicing his teleport, popping here and popping there, and being exhausted with the effort, Adamiel comes to gather Phryone, Zion, and Para. You're brought to another large room that has a roaring fire going. The heat and the scent of smoked perfume hits you in the face hard enough to water your eyes. You are led inside and each stripped naked. As half a dozen elves cover your bodies in a thick blue mud that tingles as it touches your skin. You're then dressed in simple robes and Hagen goes through the motions of teaching you spells. As you watch, she releases magics that she has held inside her for nearly a century. She guides your arms, she positions your heads, she speaks the words to you over and over again before finally casting them alongside you so you can hear and see how the magic works. With each spell that she casts, you can feel the energy ripple through your skin. Zion quickly picks up on the ability to detect magic, as well as the ability to manipulate objects at a distance with Mage Hand. With some practice, he learns Magic Missile, and gains the ability to form bolts of pure force with only his will. Friday picked up sleep with ease, and perhaps after watching Doro pushed off the ledge, also learned Featherfall. After a while, Hagen separated Para from the group and brought him deeper into the woods. About half an hour later, you saw a brilliant flash of light as if a column of pure noon had simply appeared in the middle of the forest. Only Torvik is left alone. That is sadly nothing for me to teach you, dwarf. There has never been a paladin in these woods and never a paladin of Ova. Perhaps if we take you to your visions, if we take you to Steelbeard, 
and then she just puts you back in the room and you all go to sleep. Uh, in the morning, you are woken up very early. Adamil is at your door and he is looking very serious. My friends, you must get up and you must come with me very quickly. When you're ready, he takes you out and down to the forest floor in a way that is very different from how you first came in. When you came in, you were kind of paraded through the center of the city, but this way avoids almost all of it. From here on out, we must remain quiet. It is a long walk to Steelbeard's Grove. Ugh. Yeah, it is a long walk. You stop a couple times, there's bread and water. At one rest stop, Adamiel pulls out a small silver flute and plays for a little while. Nicely, you know. Uncomfortably and sober. <laughs> you are uncomfortably sober. Just looking for like some sort of like mushroom or something. Yeah. Just random mushrooms and leaves. Hoping right. to trip ball. <laughs> Adamil just keeps walking up to you. No terrific. No, he keeps slapping your hand every time you grab something you shouldn't eat. Yes, that's why Automil's here. He vanishes into the woods several times. Like, if he hears something, you'll just see him go, and then like 10 minutes later, he'll slide back in. So that's why he he's got this there. covered. It's beyond us. You guys get to the flow. So you are at the edge of the river now, and Automil is pulling a small boat out from the underbrush. You have come, you are basically now here, right there. So. Where? East of River Run. East of River Run? Okay. About 20 miles east of River Run at the edge of the flow. What you guys are, are, are seeing is that the giant roots of these ironwood trees sink deep down into this very clear, very flat, quarter mile wide river. Actually, it's probably about a mile wide at this point. So it's like the Mississippi? You get a very mild current. It's easy to fight with the boat. And Aramil is pulling out a canoe, assumedly for you guys to cross the river. As he does so, I don't even need perception rolls for this, Several lights are shot into the air, all from different areas of the forest, all clearly from several miles this way, but they're all shot up in pairs of white lights, two pairs of white lights, two pairs of white lights, and Adamil sees them and shakes his head. They're asking the guardians to check in. If I do not check in, they will know I have taken you. If I do check in, they'll know where I am. Will they be suspicious if they see that you're gone? They'll wonder why I'm here. Shall I? Will they know where you have taken us? No. Well, then just fire. And we'll make our way away. But wait, now they'll know exactly. And a bright, bright light goes straight up into the air. We should move now. Yes, very fast. So he gathers you all into the canoe and he starts paddling across the river. All right, you get off, he pulls the boat up, and you are walked about an hour further into the woods. Now it is getting very dark now. So we've been on the road for like 10 hours. Though. Yeah, this has been a very long journey. In fact, can I get uh, constant, constitution checks from all of you? Yeah. Not good, not good. Six. Okay. Uh, 16. Okay, good. Dwarf better make a con check. Better make a con check. Six, seven. Plus? That, that was seven plus five, or five plus two. Oh, Lord. Okay. These two are like, he stumbles. You trip and you go to catch him and you also fall. And boom, they just both hit the ground hard. And 
They're based there. Clearly, everyone's getting very tired. And she helps you both up. All right. Even though she really do much I helping. suppose, since I'm feeling fine, I can carry my things for a while. Mm -hmm. um, fair enough. <laughs> you carrying both packs this yeah. entire time. It's fair that you're a little tired. As you guys step forward, you come across a vast clearing where a great forest mount has grown in the middle, a huge dome of grass, like a hill in the center of it, and a huge tree, larger than any you have ever seen, but old and broken and decayed and worn and dead, you would assume. Is this a tree you saw uh, in your dream? Yes, yeah, that the, clearly. Like, very clearly. And even You can even see now as you look at it, how there are like arms wrapped, almost melded back in, but you can see the original form of him within it. Around the whole mound are just purple bell pepper flowers everywhere, just a lush, lush field of them. Do not hesitate, dwarf. Go to him. Go to Steelbeard. This is why we are here. Hagen told me that he would show you what we cannot. Me? All of us or just him? This is something only he can do. So you basically walk forward and there's like a path and kind of like a natural bridge over where there's a little bit of water that kind of goes into like a stream or something maybe deeper in the forest that kind of rings around it and a kind of a natural bridge of stone as you walk over. You step into the grass and you feel the flowers kind of edge around you almost as if they're holding your legs or gathering around your legs and they, and they seem to kind of grip as they slide off your legs as you move forward. And you're standing in front of an enormous tree. I, at this point, I don't know what to do. I'm just kind of, you know, messing with the flowers and, you know, looking up at the tree. And so you kind of lean down and, and you kind of put your hand in them and you feel the flowers kind of almost like if they're trying to hold you or hug you. It's not threatening at all. There's, there's no resistance. You can just slide your hand out easily, but they're gathering around you. And then you hear a rumble and you guys look up and you can see the tree begin to move. Both the arms kind of creak and break, and as he's doing it, like huge chunks of them are falling away. This bark and limb just shattering and crashing down to the point where you actually have to take a step back not to be struck by a giant branch that slams down right in front of you. She kind of leans up and you see two eyes slide open, just basically as high and wide as you are. Amber globes that are milky, as if sap has dried over them. And he just kind of cracks open and he lifts up a hand. Are, are you, you him? him? Yes. Good answer. Because <laughs> if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. The massive ironwood Ent focuses his eyes on the dwarf and lowers a hand, closing his fingers around him. As he does so, vines and leaves burst forth from his dried, broken bark and completely encase Torvik in a sort of green cocoon. While you're inside there, smaller vines burst forth from that cocoon and just drill right into your flesh as some sort of sap-like liquid is forced underneath your skin and into your veins. It burns like fire and you let out an almighty scream that you guys can hear muffled from inside the cocoon. A voice echoes in your head as this whole thing is happening, a soft whisper that can be heard even over your own screams. You have found, you have found your, your path, path Tovik. Now stand, now stand reborn, reborn as a as guardian, guardian of this, of this forest. forest. So 
So you see the cocoon formed and it's there for about a couple minutes and his screams die down. It sounds like he's just passed out. And then eventually flowers bloom all over the cocoon and you just see that his hands unravel from it and it splits and opens up and he just conk, slumps to the ground. Well, I run over to him and, and check to make sure he's okay. Okay, you kind of, you know, pack, 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 pack. His eyes pop open and they're, and they're like cat's eyes, yellow. Just, you know, straight lines of yellow. And, and, step back. and he blinks and, and they're gone. What's wrong, boy? Your eyes, they, you screamed. Are you okay? The animals and the touching and the, I can hear everything and. Ooh, ooh I have a flask. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Do you want some brandy? You could use a drink. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell me that earlier. I wanted to save it for an emergency. Throw it back. You. We'll need a guide. And one arm cracks off and starts falling down towards you guys. I need uh, dexterity saves. 13. 12. Two. You are lucky. You guys move out of the way. She starts to move back and she trips. Para rolled a 20. He grabs you and pulls you out of the way just as wham! It slams to the ground next to you. Now I feel a little guilty. Are you okay? Yes, thanks to you. <laughs> I knew you would come. I waited. And he pulls, he kind of rips like a big chunk of bark off of his chest, and there's a hole, a cavity within it. And he kind of scoops in and he lays out several items. Doro is given a 50-foot woven vine that weighs half as much as a silk rope, but can extend on command to three times its own length. A single tug will retract that length, while two tugs will cause it to loosen to whatever it is tied to and fall to the ground. Zion, you are given an ironwood quarterstaff covered in ancient elven ruins that glows with magic. Torvik, you are presented with, at first, what looks like a wooden suit of armor, a very rough one, but on closer inspection, you see that it is instructions, instructions how to make a wooden suit of plate mail, and also how to do it out of ironwood, something that has never been taught outside of this forest. Phryne, you are presented with a cloak of leaves. As you pick it up, it changes color and as you put it on it becomes whatever type of clothing you can think of it's all made of leaves if you get within about 10 feet you can see that it's made of leaves but from any distance beyond that you would have no idea what it was and it can become literally anything you think of within any color that leaves can obtain like greens and reds or yellows and browns something within that range all right comfortable is it very comfortable. All right. Well, I think for traveling and not being cumbersome, uh, some sort of cat suit would really be best. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're in a leaved cat suit in kind of a dark, dark brown, so you could blend in pretty easily to anything around you. Unfortunately, in the things that I shoved into my, I have you know a nice little hip pack. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. I know. Exactly. Click, and now you're basically black leaved Catwoman. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> And then, crack, he splits straight in half, and you just see both halves collapse into the forest. There's almost nothing left of it but this thunderous crash, and he just collapses into nothing. Spot checks. Perception. It's perception, thank you. Two. Seven. 
Most of you are pretty distracted, but Torvik, you are still fully connected to this forest, and you hear a single twig snap. Your eyes dart directly to where the source of the noise came from, and you see an elf and then three others step out from behind trees and raise longbows at you. A fifth elf runs forward and points at Edemil. Stand down! You will pay for your crimes! You will pay for desecrating this place! Okay, people, thank you very much for joining us for Into the Ironwood Part 2. The third and final part of our Into the Ironwood series will post next Sunday, and the week after that, we will delve deep into Turtle Bay for Turtle Fest 98. Go to our website, godsfall.com, to find out more about Turtle Fest. It is going to be easily the best episode we've done yet. 